All right. Welcome to the Maximus Podcast. We're your host, Bobby Maximus, Joseph Bullitt, and Byron Godfrey. We're back with another episode of Live. The only thing I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question, pay some bills at the same time. The only thing I want to know, Byron, we sent you some extra large shorts and they were too small. They were skin tight. Did the double XLs fit or do we have to get you like a Listen, man. quadruple XL for your big ass? Here's, here's the problem. This is what you fail to understand. First of all, let me say thank you. 10,000 for the shorts. Second of all, I'm not like you, man. I don't like <laughs> people to see my man parts through my clothes. Listen, listen, Byron, I know um, I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from. And I know there may be some like cultural things here about like what kind of clothes some people wear. I just want you to know you got it going on, brother. Don't don't be shy. <laughs> don't be shy with Listen, it. <laughs> you are not about to sit here and have me walking around with come and get me shorts on. That's not what I do. You know, you know, Byron, I feel like I feel like you're our very own male version of Lupo. Lizzo. Lizzo. We got some stuff to discuss. Number one, uh, are we going to see sports this year? You know, if you would have asked me just like two weeks ago, I'd say, yeah, probably something. But honestly, the way that the, the negotiations have been going with MLB right now, like I kind of, I'm wondering, man, I don't know if anybody's going to back down, like how serious they are about playing. Because it seems like everybody wants to play, but not everybody wants to pay. Well, the owners, the owners don't want to pay up. But the other thing is the NBA just sent out it's a 127-page document on rules and regulations for how to behave in the bubble in Orlando. Like, as a player, I don't know if I want to go into that environment. Do you, Byron? Nah. It, it's... To, to, to go through all of that just to play some basketball, I, I would rather just wait. Right? I would rather yeah. wait until things are a lot, lot easier um, from that standpoint. Um, there are other reasons I wouldn't want to play with Justin right now. That sure. Um, yeah, I but I mean, hoop. I would just want to hoop, man. Yeah, I'm just wondering because, like, there's also a divide between the, I'm going to call it the haves and the have-nots. But LeBron doesn't need the money. Kawhi doesn't need the money. Paul George doesn't right. need the money. But there's a lot of guys, Byron, that are making the minimum salary that need that money. Yeah. So do we do we see like the superstars sit out? Some of the stars sit out. I mean, it's going to be a real interesting landscape of who actually submits themselves to this this situation. I think, um, I mean, there are a few who are strongly against playing. Um, and it's not, it's, not for, it's not for COVID reasons, but I think, I just think, uh, I don't know if baseball is going to go. Um, just looking at it like like Joe was saying, man, the, the meetings and, and all of that. Uh, the players and, and the owners just, just can't get on the same page. I think basketball, I mean, it's there. Like they got the system set up. You got players who want to play. You got some who don't for other reasons. But um, but that's there. Football, on the other hand, uh, we got time still. We still have time. But I don't think we're going to have a regular season the way we normally would. I don't think it's going to start on time. No. Now, Byron, to, to the NBA, from your perspective, there's two options. You have the Kyrie Irving group of people that are saying, we're not going to play. There's too much going on in America. This is a door that is open. Let's take advantage of it and not play basketball. 
Right. The other side of the coin is you're going to have a captive audience of 100 million people around the world, 200 million people, 300 million people that watch the NBA that you can now use as a political stage to get your message out. What, like, where are you on this? Don't play and like no season Um, or use the stage to deliver a message? Not playing is the stage. That's your message. Um, by by saying I'm not going to play, and here's why you've already established, um, you've gotten your audience, and now you can actually um, use that time uh, to push your message. Um, I, I would agree with that, Byron. If they were like actually involved in doing something, you know what I mean. Right. But like like right now, if 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 the whole like BLM movement didn't have uh, like Kawhi Leonard would it really change the movement that much? You know what I mean? So like maybe his thing would be better served getting the people who are actually going to tune in to tune in and then pointing them the other direction. I don't feel like his, his volunteer hours missing at a rally are worth right. that. You know what I mean? Right. So that's a tricky that's, balance. Um, I agree with you, but um, we're assuming that they wouldn't take that time. Like so far they haven't. Yeah. Right. But we're assuming that, like, maybe we're assuming that they don't have something else up their sleeves that they're planning to do. That's fair. So here, um, I would definitely here. go with the, with the, for me, I would go with the not playing option just because it's, sports has been a distraction, and, and I think we talked about it last time, last week, which was it's just simple. It took a, it took it took COVID, and it took these other issues to to, um, to and no sports to stop the world. Well, and, and now there's no there's no distractions. To that point, too, like what what uh, Kaepernick was trying to do, uh, kneeling, like fell on deaf ears because people are there to watch right. the sports, you know. So it's right. like, well, if you're not if you're not really listening through that medium, then maybe it isn't worth like trying so, to do some 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 kind of like yeah. tie in, you know. My my question is though, Byron. Here's here's the other side of the coin. Guys wear different jerseys. Say Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter on them. It's the end of a game. Uh, Doris Burke sticks a microphone in uh, LeBron's face and says, hey, tell us about your triple-double tonight. And he goes, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about Breonna Taylor. If the stage was used in that way, is it then beneficial? You just have to see a unified front from the players that there's a plan going in. They're like, we're not going to talk about the game. We're, every opportunity, we're going to use this as a stage. I, I feel like that might be a good idea if, if people can stick to it. Here's, um, uh, I mean... I'm not, I'm not torn on this issue. What I'm torn on is the message. Um, I get that, and I understand your point. But here's here's where I uh, here's where I have the issue. Man, we're making people money who aren't supporting your cause. So we know people like Kilmer Fertitta here in Houston is one of one of Trump's biggest supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go and you play and then you support and you watch and you give money to the Rockets. You're putting money in this man's pocket to continue to support someone. At the end of the day, you feel like it isn't helping your call. Whereas if you don't play, people don't watch. And now this person is still struggling. from Because the fact of the matter is we all know Tim McCutita isn't coming off any extra money for his, his workers and his other businesses and things like that. This is how he is. He's a billionaire, but he's still, in my opinion, you know, full of shit. Um, so why are we going to continue to to put money in his pocket 
when, you know, we need him and you don't speak out against him. You're not doing anything to help the situation. You understand what I'm saying? I would rather those players get together and do something and be like, you know what, guys? Let's just sit out. We take all of our business and we're going we're gonna to create a little league over at, at uh, the Rucker and we're going to charge people a reasonable price to come watch us at the Rucker and then we'll get Nike and whoever else that sponsors us to pay for this. Yeah. And then we'll take their money and do it that way and, and basically tell the owners, fuck you, eat your costs, eat the, eat the stadium costs or whatever it is. We're not planning until you decide to stand up and work with us. We know the NBA as, a, as an organization is speaking out. But when we start to talk about the individual owners, mm-hmm. I can't think of any who are doing anything. And in basketball, and especially in the NFL, I think the NFL is full of shit. And y'all know yes. football runs through my veins, man. And I'm seriously considering, like, y'all, kiss my ass. I'm not watching, especially. Yeah. You know, well, and from, from players I've talked to, like, I mean, being a player in the NFL, it's it's like a modernized version of slavery in a lot of ways. You know, you they talk about owning way. players, you know. I, uh, um, I, I like uh, what you're saying. I like this idea. My, my question gets to be from a practical standpoint, like what do the contracts look like? Like what are they actually able to do and, and where is that line drawn? We're now, exactly. now they've got that legal problem and, and that exactly. sucks. But even talking about that and saying, you know, what, what we if, to do this, but we can't because starts what putting happens, pressure. What happens if a player decides to retire in the middle of the season? Both LeBron James said, you know what? I'm not playing basketball. Not because it's, I'm just done playing basketball professionally. Hmm. I retired. I don't think there's a legal issue when if I say I'm going to retire in the middle of the basketball season, how you going to come after me? I'm done. Yeah. I just don't want to play the NBA anymore. I'm done. If I decide to play it again, I'll come out of retirement. I'll go through the, the proper channels to uh, reinstate myself and then consider the play. But right now, I don't want to play basketball in the NBA anymore. I'm just hmm. do my own thing. You know? I mean, I'm I'm sure there are ways around it. They're gonna be fighting it, but that's just how I look at it. Um, you know, from that issue as far as as far as playing again. Yeah. Well, and I think too, if if that message is getting out, if people are understanding like why, then it doesn't hurt so bad when you're just like, oh, they're just a bunch of rich guys that are just blah blah blah. All I want is my season, blah blah. And it's like, no, no, no. There's like, there's a lot going on here. And you're like, you know what? Yeah, those guys are kind of treated like like pawns, you know? I, uh, I, but the, I think at the end of the day, Joe, those who are going to say that are going to say it no matter what. Yeah. You know, you, you got your people who, even when you try to reason and give understanding, they're going to be like, no, it's full of shit. Here's why. And then you're going to have the others, right? There's yeah. just some people who just aren't going to be empathetic to, to the situation. They're going to believe what they're going to believe. You really can't have a discussion with people like that. Yeah, yeah. So you just let them believe what they believe and then you move on. Uh, and so, with that being said, you, 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 Byron, all, all that said with Tillman and the Rockets, are you going to support the Rockets this season? Oh, man. Uh, like I said, if I'm not down to watch football, I'm definitely not down to watch basketball. So, the answer to that is no. All right. And, and, and people are like, it's just, it's just, you know, you. Well, maybe it is just me. At least I'll sleep better at night. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I, you know, I'm gonna sleep better right now. <laughs> you know, but it may just be me. It may be more than me. It may be other people out there who are thinking like me right now. Is this and an opportunity? Is this an opportunity for less popular sports to get a center stage? I mean, are we going to see you know soccer, rugby, yo, hockey yo, come come mainstream? You, can I tell you what's crazy? See what NASCAR is doing. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing what NASCAR is doing is pissing <laughs> yeah. off their redneck uh, fan base. 
And just for spite, I might mess around and watch a few NASCAR races, man. Yeah. I will tell you, I, so when, when I became a, uh, a corrections officer, um, there was some, some big race was, was happening. Like my first, I don't know, month, uh, on the job, like on the actual job at the institution. And it was like, when those races were on, everybody was locked down. They were in their cells glued to their TVs. They were in the day rooms. Like it was like the biggest thing. And I was like, I, I just, I would not a ever expect that and B, I just don't get it. And so I asked one of the guys, I was like, what's the draw? Like, what draws you in? Like, how, I mean, it's just, they're just driving in a circle like 500 times, right? And he's like, yeah, but you, you get to know the teams, you get to know the drivers and you know who's got vendettas and who's, you know, who used to work on whose crew. So it becomes like this, this kind of uh, uh, like soap opera for dudes and you get hooked on it. And every race, that story progresses a little bit. And I said, okay, well, I guess I can understand that, but it, like it takes effort to get into it. And then my little sister, was a sports photographer and she got invited to an actual NASCAR rally. And she was like, I don't know. I can't imagine standing there watching these cars drive in a circle for like three hours or whatever. But she called me afterwards and she was like, it was the most amazing experience in the world. She's like, when those cars drive by, it is just like, it's so loud and so fast and you can feel the, the wind. And then the rest of the time you're so drunk, you don't remember. <laughs> so it's just this constant thing. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that is why people are in the NASCAR. <laughs> wow. So, so what, my question is, what event are we going to? What you what? What event are we going to go to? Vegas? Phoenix? Hey, now listen, I don't know if I'm ready to go to a, a live NASCAR race. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that would be a fun time. I tell you, we would have a good time doing that. <laughs> You know what? I don't know if I'm ready for that just yet, but I will watch one on TV just to see what it's about. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to. They already pissed off. You took their flag from. Me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Damn, I'm, well, that's I'm baby a, steps I'm, here, guys. Baby and, steps. And I'm crazy enough to sit down with a Black Lives Matter T-shirt on. <laughs> and you know what I mean. <laughs> Uh, and it's three of us. I don't know if all three of us can handle a stadium full of rednecks, man. Simon, <laughs> yeah. I was actually, I was, I was actually going to order us disguises. I was going to order us mega hats. Um, I was going to order us like uh, I, I don't know what the beer of choice would be. I don't know if it's, it's like Budweiser or like whatever, whatever shirt. I'm thinking Budweiser, wear. something like that. I was going to get us disguises so that we could we could blend in. Oh man. <laughs> man! You know, hey. Yep. Okay, so so can you guys answer me a question? Speaking uh-huh. of of mega hats and all this stuff, we had Dabo Sweeney wear a football matters shirt or all football matters shirt, like trolling people. We had this other coach. Uh, is it Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy. That, wore that shirt from the the OAN? Uh, it had like an uh, issue with this player. Why are people are, are people doing this on purpose to troll people, or are they that fucking stupid? Like they're not aware of the heat they're going to take for this shit. My guess is clueless. I'm going to say clueless. You can't be in a position that high and be clueless. I think they are. I think I think they think what they think, and they're not listening. They're not hearing everything that's going behind. It just makes them mad, and they're like, "Fuck it, I'm going to wear a shirt." I don't think to, to Bobby's point. I don't think they're sitting there going like. How am I going to troll people? What would be funny? No, no, no. I'm not saying that they're trolling people. I don't think they're clueless, though. What I'm saying by that is I think they – it's not like a matter of 
hey, I'm going to do this to piss people off. It's this is who I am, and either you'll accept it or you won't type of thought. And then they do it, and they're like, oh, shit. I'm pissed <laughs> off the fucking wrong But that's what people. I'm saying. I think they don't understand what they're saying. You know what I mean? It's, it's the whole Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. It's like, you don't understand what you're saying. Like, you're, you're missing the point, and that's why, like, you, you're getting all pissed off in your own head, but you're, you're like, you're, you're completely misunderstanding what's being said. And I feel like they're on that plane of, like, they're not – they're not hearing what people are telling them. They're just like emotionally up in, up in their feelings. And I'm going to wear this because like you said, I am who I am and I stand by this. And as soon as they get that backlash is the first moment where they're like, Oh shit. So Joe, I'll run with that. But what are they not aware before they do this? that there's a backlash coming. Like every time I open my Instagram, there's that I can't get that. I cannot understand. I do not understand a woman right now who walks up to somebody on the street and says, you can't be putting that sign there. You know, or you, you got to have your dog on a leash. You're like, oh my God, these people are grilling in the park and I'm going to call the cops. Like you got to understand you're going to end up on like Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, and everybody is going to be calling you Karen. People you have to know that. Byron, there was just a guy in Philadelphia who worked for the, the family court. Yeah. Yeah. Ripping down signs and a girl said Black Lives Matter and he like pumped his Not to me, they don't. He said, not to me. Like, does he not know he lost his job and now he's apparently terribly remorseful? But do people not know when there's a camera in your face, the shitstorm that's coming when you say this stuff? Like, I feel like it's public knowledge at this point. And it never, it never pans out. It's never like they have the camera in your face and you say you're, you're, you know, angry little diatribe. And then everybody's like, yeah, he really was articulate. And that was a very well stated argument. It is always like, look at this jerk off. Look at what a jerk, what an idiot. And then he ends up losing his job, having a ruined career, and then having to go all over social media, begging for some level of dignity back. It never pans out. As soon as somebody pulls a camera up, you should just be like, you know what? I'm done. That's why I'm wondering if people are looking for their five minutes of fame or they're trying to troll people because you have to know at this point in time what's coming your way when you talk like this. Wow. Well, they, they, they're fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 let's, let's go back to Dabo Sweeney and Mike Gundy. Like, this is, so obviously being a black man, this shit hits me differently than it would hit someone else. When you make your living off the backs of black people, black young black men, and you have the audacity to do some stuff like that, that's when now to me, it becomes a slap in the face and it's a, I don't give a shit. Fuck you, you just got to deal with it. Personally, now I didn't go to an HBCU. I went to a, to a predominantly white university, got a great education. They play, they, I played football for them, move on from there. But it's going to take enough, it's going to take the, the right young black man to say, you know what, I'm not playing for you because you don't appreciate me the way I feel like you should. And everybody wants to sit back and say you're getting a free education, but bro, I got six different cuts on my body from the game of football. Last time I checked, that shit ain't free. That's pain. And that hurts. Every morning, stay at 44 years old, I wake up limping. And you can sit there and say you got a great education, but man, what I'm, what I'm doing right now, I don't have to have a college degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, just, that's just the bottom line. But I, when, when, when Dabo Sweeney and Mike Gundy can't see that the reason they are winning the way they are is because the, the, the young men that they bring in are these guys that they, are these black boys, 
these black young men, and you can't have their backs on all uh, costs, it's gonna take it's gonna take their parents or somebody else to be like, you know, no, we're not coming to you. You lost you've lost that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, but Brian, I'm I'm still hung up. I get what you're saying, but I am still hung up on the fact is don't these guys know the shit storm that's coming their way? Do they not look, have a look PR at, guy that tells them like maybe you shouldn't fucking do this? Look at what happened in Iowa right now, right? Chris Doyle lost his job. And this is like yeah, yeah, after the fact, people coming forth saying, Yeah, you know, it kind of felt weird. It kind of felt bad. And that, and, and it's like, okay, so this is like, I don't know, maybe it was a, you know, miscommunication. I don't know any of the details, but what the guys were saying about it were bad enough that even Kirk Ferentz was like, yeah, I guess we just got to part ways with this dude. If somebody's going to do something that's like outright, like you got to know it's coming now. You got to know, like even, even stuff that happened in the past is subject to review and you can be terminated for it. You got to know, like sticking your neck out right now and, and doing something that's like, I don't know, just not in the right spirit is going to have consequences. I, I watch sports shows all day. First take, uh, undisputed, uh, uh, high noon, uh, Dan Lebatard, And it is like a running commentary of people fucking up right now, Joe. Yeah. yeah. I would think if I was a head coach of a major university and I was going to say anything, wear anything, do anything. I would like be running myself through a filter before every time I left the house. Like, am I wearing the right shirt? Am I wearing the right socks? Am I wearing the right shoes? Did I say the right thing? I would probably have somebody take my Twitter away. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, um, if I'm, if I'm a university or I'm an athletic director, I'm basically telling all coaches, shut your social media off. Mm-hmm. Anything you do, you must. Anything you know, you say to the to the public, you must run it by us first. Because any slip up, you're losing your job. Like any, we, we don't have we don't have room for you to make us look bad. This goes back to the conversation we had last week. You have the right to say what you want to say, but there's consequences that come with it. Yeah. So if you make the university look bad because you made a poor decision, then you have to go. You know what I mean, and 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 that's what I would be doing. But do you, do you think these organizations actually have like a written social media policy, or are they just like pinning it up? I'm right sure now? they do. I'm sure they do. Because that's got to be like that's got to be like in a contract when you get hired of like, oh, by the way, we've got guidelines as far as posting on sure. social media and using our logo and like speaking in our voice. Because I know even the, the last job I had working for Lifetime Fitness, they they had that. Where it was like, there's certain things you can wear, certain things you can't say because it affects our brand, you know, and there's certain repercussions from that. I think they have a blanket statement. The one in the NFL contracts is anything that brings disrepute to the shield is like what people call about it. Like Mm -hmm. the shield of the the NFL, uh, not the NHL, the NFL, but it's like anything you do that causes this disrepute, you could be gone for any reason and i and i i feel like that's fairly common in all entertainment contracts these days like i've got it where i'm sponsored by 10,000 i'm sponsored by lalo i'm sponsored by first form there's a clause in every one of those contracts that says if you say something we don't like that's inconsistent with our you know company you're done yeah i feel that's just like just par for the course i, I you know what i mean and byron like i feel like your employee contracts that you have at Misfit should be the mm-hmm. same way. Like if like yeah. if Matt or Chris, I mean they're good dudes, but they do something that that brings I don't know, Misfit man, that, the Lion logo into disrepute. They're gone. Cor- 
Court Wright is a time bomb, and we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great? That is very true. But the one thing I'll say about both of those guys, they will they might do some stupid stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says so, they might. We know it's they happened. Might, they, they, okay, <laughs> okay. They, they 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 will do some stupid stuff, but they would never do anything um, like that because number one, it's just not who they are. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Um, but outside of that, you know, you just, you do have to watch them because you be like, you know, face palm. Like I can't believe I'm watching you idiots <laughs> <laughs> stand on the stairs with you know, you're, pink shirts on. We, we we talked about this the, the very first time we had you on the podcast, Byron, and we were like interviewing you as a guest. You know, you uh, talked about uh, the, the difficulty of surrounding yourself with good people. And I always think like you, you've got some good folks that are working with you and for right. you. So, I, yeah, I, I feel like there's this this level of understanding and trust amongst you guys. I don't know if, a, if an organization the size of like a university or a professional sports team necessarily has that level of connection between staff members, you know. But you're you're definitely blessed with those guys, that's for sure. I'm actually I'm looking right now because I had a I had a, a whole uh, contract that all my employees signed when I ran a gym, and I want to flip through it and see if I actually had anything in there on social media because I honestly don't know if I did. But if you have the blanket clause that they bring anything, I mean, theoretically, Byron, you could have a clause. I mean, if you were a Nike sponsored gym and your guys wore Under Armour, and Nike called you up and said, "Hey, we got a problem with this," you'd have to deal with them. Yeah, if I if I valued that contract, do you know what I mean? Like like that's yeah, if it makes you a million dollars a year to get sponsored by Misfit, and and if Courtright's not thinking, if he walks in with an Under Armour shirt, and that's caught on social media, you might have to you might have to fire. Him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, giving me a million dollars, I promise you, he's going to be outfitted with nothing but Nike. And so, if he walks so that's where. <laughs> So just just so you know, I did I actually I've got a whole page about social media networking on my employment contract that I wrote up. So it's not like a small thing. I mean, it's like if you're flipping through this, it's like a, it's a big chunk. Back to the point. That's why I don't understand how these people are so stupid. I'm like very cognizant of the shoes I wear out of the house, Byron. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, should I be wearing champion slides or champion shoes if I'm sponsored by Lalo, should I be wearing this? Right. If I'm sponsored by 10,000, like I think about this stuff and what the repercussions of my actions are going to be. I can't believe that a person's the head coach at a, at a major university and no clue, like just out in left field. Well, I think to that end, I mean, you get what you pay for. You know, if you want to, if you want to hire some guy who's not actually going to read the contract and then he acts out of contract and you got to fire him, I guess, you know, you had the opportunity to address that in the hiring process. So you get what you get. You know, if you sit down and you tell a guy, Hey, listen, like we run, we run a tight ship and we expect that what you're posting and what you're saying and how you hold yourself personally reflects on us as a brand. And if we don't like it, we'll cut you loose. You know, if you don't want to be firing people, don't be hiring assholes. Fair. Fair, fair. Not all right, guys. Uh Corona, are we getting shut down again? Yep. Because I'm all I'm seeing on the news is spike, 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 spike everywhere. See? Yep, it's coming. 
You think so, Joe? Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna open wide up, and then everybody's grandma's gonna be sick, and we're gonna be shut right back down, and we're gonna stay locked down, and it's gonna be terrible, and it's gonna last till twenty twenty two. That's my prediction. Twenty twenty two. So we got another year and a half of. Uh, I, I'm gonna guess these these couple of vaccines that are in the works are not gonna pan out as quickly as people want. And it's going to cause panics. And, and again, everybody needs to go to Applebee's and get their hair cut. And next thing you know, everybody's homesick. And it's going to take a long time for this thing to work through. If we would have just shut down right away and stayed shut down and not played this game where we give a crap about the economy, which, by the way, is fake. And we can just make up the numbers to make it look better. Uh, we probably would have been in a better spot. We'd be at the bottom. Like it, it would have peaked and it would have started crashing down. But it's never done that. We've just been half-assing it, and it's just been slowly rising, slowly rising. It's going to take some kind of drastic measure to get this thing to peak and crash. And we're not even in, like, peak flu season. And, again, it's not the coronavirus that we have to worry about. It's the capacity of the medical system. So if you got if you got half your hospital beds are taken up by coronavirus, the other half suddenly get taken up by, you know, seasonal flu, then what happens to the crash victim who just doesn't have a bed, you know? What happens yeah. when you go to the hospital because you sliced your finger open carving onions and you need stitches and then you walk home and now you got the coronavirus? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if this, if this has everything to do with Memorial Day and the protest. You know, it's still, I, I feel like it's, it's still early to tell because I know like the state of Wisconsin just like flat out dropped their all their restrictions. They just like pulled that power from the governor all in a day and they just like opened back up. And two weeks later they had a little spike. And then actually they've been doing pretty good since like, I don't know. I don't know if having everybody out in the protests is like that, that doesn't see, I don't, I haven't seen a, a big spike in cases from that yet. I haven't seen mm-hmm. a, like any kind of backlash from a, from a pandemic standpoint. So I'm curious, I'm kind of watching, waiting, but I also don't want to do that thing where like you're looking for a particular result. And so all, all the data seems to support what you're already looking for that little microscope. Right. Effect. Yeah. yeah. That gets you. But I do yeah, think, I, I do think people's attitudes are just like, ah, I'm done with the pandemic. And it's like, but the I pandemic think, ain't done 100%. with you. <laughs> 100%. I think people are just tired. It's, you know, it's quarantine fatigue, I believe is what, I'm, mm-hmm. what they're calling it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and people are just like, you know what? Fuck it. If I get it, I get it. And I don't care who I give it to. Um, yeah, I hate to say it, man. If it happens, it's, it's, we're in trouble. Yeah. If they shut us down again, we're in serious trouble. Um, which is why I continue to work on the stuff that we talked about working on because if they shut me down again, buddy. It's going to be ugly. I got, I got, I got your back, Byron. We're going to build you a website. You're going to be all you're gonna build set. It. I got, I got plans for you. Byron, I got plans. Byron, would you listen to a shutdown though? Like given someone put something interesting up uh, the other day from, from New York where there was 5 million people within three city blocks, you know, or whatever it was, but they're finding hair salons for being open. Mm-hmm. And there, there comes a point where it's like, well, as a business owner, what decision would you make? If all your people still wanted to train in the gym, would you just be like, fuck it, find me if you want to find me? Man, the fines are so hefty, though. Is it worth it? 
Well, I, I wonder if like, we're going to get good at this lockdown thing. Like they're going to realize, you know, gyms haven't really been a source of this. So maybe, maybe the restrictions are a little bit lighter at gyms now, you know, maybe restaurants aren't the problem and, and suddenly restaurants can operate as normal, but there's other businesses for whatever reason, everybody who goes there seems to be getting sick and spreading it. Well, shut it down, you know, or maybe it becomes a reactionary thing where it's like, yeah, everything's back to normal and you run in a hair salon. And the next thing you know, they, they track like 15 cases of the virus to your hair salon and your salon is shut down. And that, that puts the onus on business owners. You know what I mean? But I think we've all learned something very important this year, which is that there is no bailout that's going to be meaningful. The government is not coming to our, our rescue. You know, you're not going to rely on, on money from the, uh, the Small Business Administration or from, uh, from the president to help make ends meet because whatever they offer you is not going to be enough. It will not be. Mm-hmm. It will not be. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping. I don't want to sit here and say they won't do it again because you never know what the hell might happen. Um, but at what point, and, I, and I'll be quite honest with you, I'm not going to be the first one lined up when they say we got a vaccine. I'm going to let somebody else get stuck first. Oh, I want to see them grow a, grow a couple of extra toes before I jump in line. You don't trust Bill Gates? <laughs> <laughs> you just give me my microchip, man. Let's just get this uh, over with. Just go ahead and stick it in me. <laughs> go ahead and make me into a robot or whatever the hell you want to do. Uh, I want to jack into the Matrix. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. This seems just, I've heard some conspiracy theories with Bill Gates, and I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast because the NSA is going to end up at my door or the the whoever's in charge of that. But I'm I'm, I'm concerned about taking a vaccine. I'll tell you that. Uh, this is this is. I'm, I'm promising you first. I'm saying this is why this is why we can't rush these things. My, my bigger fear, honestly, I'm not, I don't think that the, the, the coronavirus is the, the T virus. Okay. I think what happens is they rush a vaccine and the vaccine is the source of the zombie apocalypse. So I don't want to rush the testing <laughs> process at all. You guys take your time. I'll stay in my bunker. I'll keep washing my hands and wearing my face mask. You come up with something that works and then, then we're good. Then I'll come get my shot. Thank you. You first, Bobby, because it won't be me, buddy. <laughs> I'll stand back, and I'm going to wait a while until I'm going to look. Mm, we're going to watch carefully. Um, well, I'm just waiting. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I – um, God, Joe, man, I, I didn't want to hear that. I was hoping somebody else was as crazy as me and thinking that the world isn't coming to an end in the next couple of weeks. But, damn. Yeah, that's where we are, brother. It is a, it is a, this is the, the theme of the year, to be honest with you. It is a complicated situation. None of this is easy. None of this is simple or straightforward. And like I said, I think the coronavirus isn't that hard to manage. It's just one virus. You gotta, you have to like stop the spread of it. I get all of that, but it's, it's how it affects literally everything else. You know, if, if all the nurses are homesick because they've been constantly exposed to this thing, you ain't got enough nurses. You know, all hey, the hospitals uh, are at capacity. There's no room for people. I'm not avoiding your, your question, but hey, would you judge me if I said, hell no, I'm not closing my doors if they made us do it? Now, uh, what I would say is not at all. Yeah, I get it. I totally understand that. Until I find out like 15 people at your facility have turned into zombies, then I'd be like, Byron, that was irresponsible. <laughs> uh, you know, I... um. I just find it difficult, man, because I I want to say 
I would stay home. But um, I think the thing that we lose, our guy. Yeah, we lost Bobby. He'll be back. Um, yeah, the NSA got him. See. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Started talking. The thing that was the thing that scares me though is being able to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, a little a little twelve hundred dollar check does what? Buy groceries no, for no. a family yeah. four? Yeah, for like a week, like for nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got teenage boys who who eat. Yeah, yeah. Twelve hundred dollars does nothing for me. Yeah, you know, and then, well, and, uh, and and there was something uh, before Greg Glassman opened his mouth about matters he shouldn't have opened up. One of the things that he was saying was, like, the people who are catching this disease are the people who are, are already frail, right? And and if fitness and health and well being were good indicators of survivability of this thing, then then what you're doing as a business is actually important and should be considered essential. And so there's another approach to this. Like, why would we shut down the places that people go to become more resilient to disease? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, like I said, maybe, maybe the second shutdown, we've got refined rules, refined expectations. You know what I mean? Like, we recognize we can't just kill the economy. We can't just tell everybody to stop going to work because it just isn't going to function. Not, not unless we're going to become like a complete, you know, communist haven where we're all sharing food and it's all getting delivered. And I mean, I'd hate to be standing in a bread line to get food, but you got to do what you got to do, you know? And, and even for me, like as an individual, I was, uh, I was talking to my buddy this morning, I was on his podcast and I was just saying like, you know, businesses that are shutting down, like you got to look at yourself and you got to say, well, what is the value that I'm bringing? Like, what is the thing that I, that I can help people with? And is there a way that I can actually, you know, find an income doing that? And so if you're running like a nail salon and you're like, well, I can't have a physical location, like take what you know somehow online and teach people how to manage their business, you know, teach them how to do their thing and find a new way to make this work. If you just sit back and say, well, they shut my business down and I'm just going to have to sit back and wait. Well, you get what they're giving you, but there's nobody, nobody who says like, okay, you got to shut your gym down. But I mean, you go online. You know, you, you start yep. meeting people in parks. Hell, you start meeting people in dark alleys at night and having workouts. <laughs> like you got to do what you got to do to make ends meet. And, and to just to, to fulfill your need as a human being to like express the value that you bring to the world, you know, like right. just expecting everyone to hide in, in a bunker is, is that's not living, man. That's, that's definitely one of the cases of like the cure being worse than the disease. I am back. Okay, we, we thought we thought the CIA took you out. I thought I heard like garot. <laughs> the minute the minute I think Bill Gates, they descended from the, from the they got me. Well, they tried to get me, Byron, but I'm an extremely powerful person. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've uh, we've hammered coronavirus to death. What else you got for us today, Bobby? Twenty four sevens going bankrupt. You guys want some gym equipment? <laughs> You're right. I wonder, I wonder if we can go in and get some uh, refurbished equipment. Yeah, yeah. They're finished. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, yeah. No, that, that, that'll all go through the auction process, and you'll end up not getting a good deal because, like, literally everybody wants gym equipment right now. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's. A, I think we talked about it before. It's, it's good for places like me, you know, smaller yeah. um, boutique garage style gym because these people are now going to be looking for a place to come and train. Um, yeah. And there are a few around me that have closed. 
Um, so now I'm interested to see um, how this shit's going to roll downhill. Have you built yeah. any of those weird ass plastic bubbles I'm seeing on the internet that people are building? <laughs> you, like, you, you, gotta, you have to train in your own little bubble. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got to train in your little bubble. And that's it. Listen, I, I have never in my life, and I used to own my own facility, and I'm just going to say this, I have never assumed that a gym was a clean place to begin with. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not expecting an immaculate uh, experience when I come to a garage gym. Like, I want there to be a little dirt on the floor, you know? I want there to be a little grime to it. That's part of the attraction for it. But, like, I do appreciate the idea that, like, yeah, you can come in, you can work out when you're done. We're going to make sure that we sterilize all the equipment for the next guy. That just, that's like universal precautions. You should just be doing that anyway. But I even think like Byron, if you were to open up and say, well, okay, we're going to be, you know, doors open from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. But we can only have, you know, six people in the facility at a time, including a coach. And you have to go online and register for your time. Like, I feel like you could actually do all right on that model. You know, like I know for me. Yeah. And me as a consumer, like, yeah, I would pay like a monthly fee if I knew that every day at two o'clock I had access to a gym. Like, why not? And especially if I know, if I know it's like your place and I've got a relationship with you and I know that you're taking this seriously and I know that, yeah, there's an expectation that I'm going to clean everything off. Like, yeah, I'm okay with that. Cause again, I'm, I'm low risk category. I'm going to a place that I feel like actually helps keep me low risk. Um, and, and I'm balancing the, the risk reward of, of doing it. You know, my dad who's, you know, older, um, in a wheelchair has issues. Yeah. I'm not going to send him to your gym. Sorry. And it has nothing to do with you. Like he needs to just stay in his apartment right now. You know what I mean? That's a different thing. Yeah. That's a different thing. Yeah. Well, my mom gotta... shows up every day and, and, and she's only allowed to come at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she comes another time to get out woman. Okay. First of all, I'm lying. <laughs> I would not talk to my mother like that. She might kill me. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we have an understanding that she's only allowed to come in at a certain time because it's, Traffic is very low, mm-hmm. um, and you know we clean it. We keep the place as clean as uh, as we possibly can, um, and it allows her to exercise. And she needs it. She needs yeah. to exercise. All right, I just want to say I've met your mom. There's not many people that frighten me. I am scared of your mom. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I stood up straight. I'm that woman. I'm just that up here on record. I feel Corona would be well behaved in your mom's presence. Yeah, you know, she actually runs the gym. I just just pay the bills. You ever seen a woman walk in the gym and? The music that's on, people are running and scrambling to change it. Let me tell you, and if, if the wrong words come out of the, uh, the, the the rapper's mouth or something, I blame everybody. My, that's Chris's fault. I did not play this kind of music. I would not do that. Yeah. Beat me. I'm, I'm 44 years old and I still get beaten. Byron, but I, I still really like her because she told me I had nice muscles. So I, I like your mom. She's my friend. Yeah, I mean, if you want to call her that, she's not my she's my mother. <laughs> but, uh, well, she told me a long time ago, I she am said, not your friend. Don't treat me like your friend. She said, thank I'm you for helping. Thank you for helping to straighten out my baby boy. So I got no problem. I'm happy to be a to be a light for him in his life. 
Byron needs straightening out. That that's laughable. Yeah, <laughs> no, we know I do. I mean, I'm not gonna. Do that. Okay. We, we all know I'm 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 fucked up in so many ways. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. You know what I mean? I'm working on that. And just to to let you guys know, uh, Bobby Maximus, you're not helping. You're <laughs> I will not say how because we're gonna we're gonna end we're gonna end end where we began. Did those double XL shorts (laughs) fit? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, they did fit me. All right, I just needed that. Yes, they did, and they look pretty good. Make my ass look really nice. Good. I you send me send me a slide into my DM. I promise you. I will never send you a picture of me in my ass. Okay? You, hey, I'll put it out there. No. If you, get the right, if you get the right kind of lighting, flip your no. screen over, put your uh, no, over there, and make like, oh. a, make like a pouty face or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, pucker your lips a little bit. Poke it out. Send it to kick my ass if I ever send him a picture. Oh, I, I kind of want you to now, just so I can hear about it later. Not happening. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Tight short, short, short. We know you like that. You could have a little Instagram DM fashion show for me, Byron. Fans only. Page. I was just gonna say that fans only. <laughs> Actually, it's actually only fans, you guys. It's so respect to their organization. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. There you go. But you know, I don't do I that mean, kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, done before, I'm done before I say shit to get me in trouble. <laughs> exactly. Get off of here, guys.